Well, it looks very professional from the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame we don't do like a screen record or something. I'd have to put on a suit for that. Uh, you got the Clippers uniform. Yeah. Uh, my, my best suit is like almost this color as well, so it wouldn't look good. Kind of looks like the Clippers colors in the background. Yeah, I'm crossing to you live from Clippers headquarters. So Dylan Williamson, you've uh, you put up 20 points last night on some really efficient shooting stats. <laughs> what, uh, what changed from last night? It's uh, performance. The team was getting me the ball in my spots. I was able to make it go through the hoop. Did that intense full court press rattle you at all? It rattled me, but I shake rattled and rolled the opponent. Take that for data. All right, back to the studio. Uh, Kenny, Chuck, what do you guys think about Dylan Williamson's performance? Barbecue chicken. That's what real fantasy basketball should be. We just pretend to interview each other in post-game press conferences. Welcome to the Hoops Temple podcast. You all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Uh, joining me today, he's a Dane good host, Nico Lawson. Good evening, gentlemen. And I spent all my time thinking of that pun, Dane good host. We also have another wonderful host, Dylan Williamson. Good morning. <laughs> and good afternoon. We kind of got the whole Truman Show vibe going here. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Yeah, it's great. And I love your puns. <laughs> <laughs> I tried really hard. It's great. It's a good one. I, I can hear you working really hard on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least one bad joke a pod. Like, I don't want to set the bar too high that we can't top it some days, but. It's hard work coming up with jokes all the time. It really is. Shout out to stand-up comedians. They're they're living a hard life. Mm. Well, we in the NBA just experienced the, uh, the trade deadline. So we got a lot of new faces and, or a lot of old faces and new places think uh, we might have a special guest join us later. We will see. So we're going to start in the Western Conference with the Denver Nuggets, who pulled the trigger on bringing in Aaron Gordon, as well as picking up JaVale McGee. Do you guys feel like this really changes much for Denver? Uh, the LeBron injury happened right after we stopped recording in last week, but is the West wide open? If anything, uh, Denver is suddenly a, a, a much bigger contender uh, this season than they were before trading. I feel like uh, Aaron Gordon is the perfect player they need in terms of getting a player who can uh, match up with uh, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, LeBron, AD, all those big forward types. They didn't really have any good defender on, on that spot. Uh, you saw in the bubble that Gary Harris was kind of the main defender on, on guys like LeBron, which didn't exactly work. So great uh, great trade for, for Denver, I feel. Yeah, right. So Gary Harris is an awesome defender, and he really made a big difference in the Utah series. Um, but as we know out West, the, the conference goes through big forwards, um, and you need someone who's strong and quick enough to guard Kawhi and to, to try to guard LeBron. Um, and Aaron Gordon on paper, he's got that. He's a he's a big, strong guy. And so he pairs very well with Jokic as a guy who can go get alley-oops and cut off the ball, move in transition. But he's also a very good pairing with Michael Porter Jr. As MPJ is essentially a three on offense, but a, he has to defend um, mostly power forwards. And, and Gordon is, can be that four on offense and defend the threes. So it's a good pairing all around, I think. I was looking into some of the Gordon numbers here, and he's been like a 37% three-point shooter this season, but he's 43% on catch-and-shoot threes, which you got to imagine playing next to Jokic, he'll get a lot more of those 
catch and shoot opportunities, easy kickouts. Uh, won't have to create as much as he did in Orlando. Also, they got the Gary Clark in that trade, which also a nice uh, bench player, I guess. Um, good shooter and and also a sizable guy, perfect for matching up with bigger forwards. Now, is this just replacing their offseason mistakes? Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley. Would you rather have those two or Aaron Gordon? Uh, JaVale McGee and I guess Gary Clark so two for three mm-hmm. I'd say they they improved I feel like Aaron Gordon can be a better player than Jeremy Grant um, not setting not set in stone at all but I feel feel like he's he's got more uh, potential and JaVale McGee was a nice pickup as well uh, I'd say I'd have him uh, over over Plumlee I don't know did you see Plumlee's um, fake pass ankle yeah. breaker into a dunk that move was so sexy. <laughs> How can a big guy like him do that? That's that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, but have you seen JaVale McGee on Shacked and a Fool for any number of reasons? <laughs> really, you know, we're talking about viral clips here. We got JaVale McGee. He's the ultimate in going viral. <laughs> so does where does this leave us in the West? Uh, is Denver now a favorite or maybe Portland, who made a move to acquire Norm Powell? Clippers making their move to acquire Rondo? Or are we are we sticking with the Lakers, who at this point might be plummeting, possibly down to the lower half of the play-in? Uh, there's a chance LeBron might miss up until the end of the season. So favorites, I'm not entirely sure. I, I still kind of have Utah Jazz over Nuggets, um, but but you know if LeBron is healthy come playoff time and and AD as well, it's still hard betting it against those guys. But um, they're definitely closer. And I think the top is is uh, a lot more competitive now than uh, last week. So I like their chances. Yeah, I mean, we've got some pretty decent moves, you know, some exciting names getting moved around in the West. But um, I don't know if it really changes the championship outlook. Nate, do you think that Denver, uh, if, if I mean, we can probably all agree that before they weren't in that legit of legit championship contenders. Do you think that this move is sufficient to get them into that conversation with the LA teams and Utah if you want to put them there I do um and maybe that's just my Lakers skepticism uh with the fact that LeBron's gonna miss four to six weeks there's a chance that he returns right before the play-in game so he may or may not be right Davis still being out I feel like without the Lakers there's kind of no consensus in the West um I was looking into Utah and Jordan Clarkson's kind of fallen off the edge recently. His shooting is down to like 30% over the past two weeks. So if they've lost their bench firepower, um, I don't think their acquisition of Matt Thomas is really uh, really going to be that big. Nico, I know you've got some, some Matt Thomas stock. Uh, <laughs> but And then that just leaves the Clippers, which as our resident Clippers expert, Dylan, I'm going to pass the ball back to you. Shouldn't the Clippers jump into favorite status? Why are they not? What's what's going on there? I mean, they probably should be, right? They should be. For pretty much the whole season, It's it's been, you know, the two LA teams as the legit championship contenders who are cruising a little bit, but have guys that turn it on in the playoffs, um, namely in, in LeBron and, and Kawhi. And then you've got Utah as the sort of, you know, third team, but maybe a little bit of a, a regular season team who's going to struggle once you come up against these big scoring wings in these high-pressure situations. And now with the Lakers having this injury trouble i mean they're going to be falling in the standings they looked pretty bad last night against the Cavs. and and if lebron doesn't have time to ramp up and you're coming back from an injury straight into you know 40 minutes per game 
um, probably against a pretty good team. If you know, Lakers are four right now, if they even if they drop to five, then they've got you know probably Denver in the first round, and that's that's a tough tough series. I'd be more worried about them dropping down to seven or eight, and then having to play a single elimination game, which you know wild things can happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm giving them you know best case scenario. Best case scenario at the moment is you have to face the MVP in the first round, um, and, and so that does leave the Clippers as. I think uh, the last of that team up the top. Do you feel Rondo helps them? What What do you make of that trade? I, I didn't sense a lot of uh, enthusiasm from you. Let me get Let me get your guys' take on it first before I just generally. Do you guys think that trading Lou Williams and a couple picks for Rondo is a good piece of business? I feel like Rondo is actually exactly what the Clippers need. They need a they need a guy who can bring some leadership and who can you know bring some uh, intensity to the team. Um, I know they have Beverly, but he's not exactly the the, the basketball mind you know from Rajon Rondo. I feel like he can be a good leader, uh, leadership figure because they're not getting a good leadership figure from Kawhi and Paul George. I feel um, they're great players, but definitely not. Uh, leadership gurus by any means um, so so i feel like it's a great trade for them but i'm not sure if the price was right sending away two picks plus uh lou williams seems kind of weird um but great deal for luke Kennard. <laughs> yeah. i mean he's gonna play a bigger role now uh, basically taking away all uh, lou williams minutes i guess so. or terrence man or terrence man yeah could be him as well i love terrence man so it could be him as well yeah i hate it for the clippers and maybe that's because maybe I also just don't like Rondo. Having to cheer from last season was truly a miserable uh, thing for me as a Lakers fan. But what I'll say is where they're hurting is they need someone who will get in the lane and score. Rondo's not a scorer. Rondo's also someone who the defenses can sag 10 feet off of and put another defender in the lane. So you've taken your greatest weakness and added a bigger problem to it. So I don't just like... If you were giving a Lou for Rondo straight up, I don't know if I make that move just because I don't I don't entirely know that he helps. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, and I'm pretty much in line with you guys. Well, wait, we're on different sides of the street. <laughs> I know. Let me explain. Um, at at a glance, it's a I think it's a terrible move. Um, Lou Will's an expiring contract. Rondo has money next year, so that's already um, should be enough incentive to get it done to get the trade done on its own. Um, for us to well. Let me remove some biases. For the Clippers to then also have to add draft compensation um, is is another another level in this trade. Um, and Rondo is and has been for many years now just a bad basketball player. He's bad on offense. He can't shoot. He occasionally hits some, but incredibly low volume and doesn't get treated as a shooter. As you said, Nate, he can't score inside. If he gets into the into the lane, it's you know he's gnashing under the basket and then dragging it back out and holding the ball some more. And this reputation that he's maintained over his career from from really his early days as a defender is just totally unwarranted at this stage in his career. He hasn't been a good defender in, you know, many, many years now. So he's a guy averaging four points, two rebounds, three assists, under 50% shooting, who's also a bad defender, who dominates the offense. He can't play off ball, so he has to have the ball. And that that's, you know, that's a bad NBA player. There's there's something that Nico mentioned about maybe he's a guy that can help in the locker room as a leader. There's also the the other side to that, which is he's a personality. And when you've got chemistry that's a little bit fragile, um, throwing a big personality in there 
can be the catalyst to something very negative. And and the last thing on the negative side that I'll bring up is the big criticism of Doc Rivers last year is that he far too much stuck with his guys and that the players that he trusted and he believed had earned the minutes, he kept playing them when they were not performing up to that level. Um, particularly Montrez, who would keep going to uh, when it was clear that he was, he was not a positive impact on the game in that Denver series. And now to bring in Rondo, who's got a lot of equity, apparently Kawhi wanted him, so there's that. Ty is a big fan of his. You know, he had he had Rondo as an assistant in Boston. Um, so my fear then is that if Rondo's playing badly, are the Clippers going to then stick with him and it's really going to hurt? Now, all of this goes away if we get that random, out-of-nowhere Lakers Rondo, essentially. If we get what the Lakers had in the playoffs last year, then this all makes sense. But if he's who he has been, um, then this th- that's a negative player and a harmful player who hurts the team. You said something in there that I wanted to touch on. Rondo's a volatile character to put in some locker room. He has no problem standing up to the superstars and telling them when they're wrong. Kawhi's a free agent this summer, did not sign the extension. Do we sense any possibility that if this goes badly, maybe Kawhi leaves? I mean, it's always a remote chance. I think if it really gets down to it that Rajon Rondo is that big of a problem, I think the Clippers will just get rid of Rajon Rondo. You know, whether they have to wave him or just send him away from the team, if it's really that big of an issue, they're not going to size Rondo over Kawhi. So I don't think there's much of a chance of that, but it is a it is a remote chance. And maybe more so, um, not so much that Rondo in particular scares him away, but adding this personality, as I say, to what's what's maybe already fragile chemistry just throws the entire thing off and it's not just one player it's now you know a, a fractured locker room and something that's really toxic and that could be the thing that scares away a, a, a pending free agent what about portland um i was really enjoying the gary trent jr of it all but now they have flipped him for norm powell uh powell balled out in his first game with the blazers last night he's getting uh 22 points five for seven from three does this does getting another high-scoring guard so they can always have Powell, Lillard, uh, McCollum, two of the three out there, do anything? Or is this just kind of a meh move in your guys' mind? I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those um, it's one of those moves where you can just see that Blazers desperately tries to make like w- winning moves now. So like Norman Powell should be like a better version of Gary Trent, basically. Um, so they, they sent two Norman Powells to Toronto and got a better version. Uh, if that makes sense. So like Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood, kind of the same archetype, I guess. But but Norman Powell, the better player right now, at least. Um, but yeah, I feel like Norman Powell is a bit more grown up in terms of size than uh, Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. I think he might be a bit heavier. So maybe... He's a thick boy. Right. So maybe it, some, some physicality in that team would be good. Clark's also pretty thick and Hood is now... Uh... OJ Mayo thick, right? Mm-hmm. Not the good thick, but the the stretch mark four, not the stretch four. But in a nutshell, I I entirely love the fit. Um, he's supposed to be a starter, right? I don't know if they'll bring. It, it looks like they started him last night because Dame was out. Okay, mm. I would say bring him off the bench and yeah. just always have two of him, Lillard and McCollum, out there. Mm. That's a lot of firepower. And if it gets us away from seeing Carmelo Anthony uh, doing his like four jab step, let me take a fadeaway 18 footer. Mm. 
that alone has to help Portland, right? I love a good mellow fadeaway. Yeah, me too. It's it's. I don't love it for Portland, but yeah, <laughs> deep down in my heart, I get so excited every time I watch Portland <laughs> <laughs> for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I just love to to watch mellow again. <laughs> I'm sort of that way now with um with Blake on the Nets. I'm like, yes, Blake's coming in for his 20 minutes again. Gonna see some handoffs. Uh, Blake just caught a lob uh, from Harden last night. It finished an alley oop on yep. his Pistons. I yep. feel I Close feel like Pistons too. fans have to be um, kind of annoyed. He's playing well. Yeah, Back, backing up people, uh, bullying people under the hood. Uh, the hood. He's looking good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for um giving us the transition back onto topic with under the hood. So Rodney right. Hood and and Trent in Toronto. Um, I think it's a good piece of business for Toronto. They get Trent, who's a similar quality of player, but a little bit younger, a little bit cheaper. And I believe Powell is a free agent um, coming up. So there's word, I think, I think it might have been Zach Lowe who said he's expected to get in, you know, the 20 million per year range. And if I'm Toronto and I'm starting to rebuild, the last thing that I want is Norman Powell on my books for $90 million. And that's obviously something that Portland have signed themselves up for. In terms of on-court fit, I think you you really captured both um, sides to this. Is he's not really an upgrade defensively, which is kind of what they needed, and he's now a scoring guard, which is not really what they needed. So for their one move to be to double down on what they're already good at and not improve at what they're not good at, at while getting older and more expensive, I don't really know if I can call that a win for Portland. No, it doesn't doesn't seem like it. But something that is definitely a loss uh, is the Houston Rockets trading Victor Oladipo and not getting anything for him. How do we... uh... So I went back and looked at the original James Harden trade that brought him to Portland, or not Portland, brought him to Oklahoma. And they gave up players who never became anything, and they gave up three draft picks. Getting rid of Harden after he's been an MVP and been a top five MVP conversation player for five years got them one more draft pick and three draft swaps. That's uh, it's a pretty bad deal. Yeah, I feel like Houston really missed that situation up. It it it, it couldn't possibly be worse than that. What they got for for James Harden basically got no players at all. I mean, <laughs> if Ben Simmons was on the table, uh, or even just like keeping Karis LeVert and and Jared Allen. That would have made the situation so much better. But right now, they they are left in a situation where they have uh, no young players at all. Like they have that their only like young asset is is like Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, and that wasn't really part of the trade. Yeah, it was a second deal a little bit later. Right. So they got Tate, uh, who's not not big talent. Like like. Um, Yes, it just looks bad. Uh, they didn't get a single young asset for for James Harden. A few good first round picks, but I mean, you, you're not you're not at all uh, certain that those picks is gonna lead to getting a good player. You you see teams miss uh, two, three, four picks in a row. Yeah, they they should they should have done way better uh, in terms of getting assets back for 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 Harden. Let me ask you guys this before we make a, a total judgment on the Houston thing. Do you think if they had just taken Karis LeVert instead of Oladipo that they could have got a better return for LeVert than what they got for Oladipo? Because obviously they, they didn't want LeVert. They didn't want money going forward. They liked that Oladipo was expiring. So if they didn't want him, they could just be, be done with him in the offseason. But 
if if the idea is that you're going to move them, do you think they would have been better off keeping Levert and trying to move him? Do you think they could have got a better package than the couple seconds that they, well, was it one second that they got for Oladipo? Yeah, they also got the right to swap um, swap Brooklyn's pick for Miami's pick. So that was the, the it was reported that was a swap and people were kind of mocking it because, you know, Houston's going to have a worse pick next offseason than Miami's going to have um, in 2022. But since it is a heat, Nets, you're going to improve that pick by maybe four or five spaces. Yeah, you go from 28 to 24. Fantastic piece of business. So basically, they got Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek. That's like the only players they got from from this Harden trade. And then they got like two or three first round picks, right? And and a few swaps. Mm-hmm. That's not good. I I don't know what you could have gotten from Levert, but like let's just say you have you've got Levert. Would Portland have taken Levert for Gary Trent Jr. and then you have Gary Trent Jr. I, I don't know if that's better, but he's at least a young player. Something like that, where you know you call up the Lakers and say, "Hey, we'll give you Levert for Taylor Horton Tucker and Harold's expiring contractor, whatever something to make it worth cap wise." Philadelphia instead of Hill. Yeah, you know, maybe you actually are at that point able to get a Tyrese Maxey or a, you know Matisse Thybul. I, I know they don't want to give up that much for Lowry, but. I think if you had had Levert, you could have gotten something better. Um, in high school, my youth group did this thing where we traded around like tiny objects. We split up into three groups and we tr- went like house to house in a neighborhood asking people if they would trade uh, anything bigger or better for an object. Uh, and like we started off with like a Hot Wheels car. We went to the first house and they traded us a bag of potato chips, which was bigger. And we went to the next house and they traded us... Um, I forget what, but we slowly worked our way up to a guy that was just getting rid of a couch. And he's like, hey, man, you guys want to take this couch? And so we carried a couch across the neighborhood. And I feel like Houston did that, but trading for something smaller and worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were like, hey, we have James Harden. Let's trade Harden. Oh, we got Levert. Levert's not to ask as Harden, but he's kind of good. Let's trade him for Oladipo. Okay. Oladipo, step down, step down. Uh, Let's trade him for Avery Bradley. What? <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> uh, tough look. On the Miami side of this, though, they were able to bring in Oladipo, Trevor Ariza, um, Nemanja Bialica, and are rumored to be the favorite for LaMarcus Aldridge. Are are they the winner of the uh, the deadline? I think so. Right, what they what they needed was um to replace Jay Crowder, and they kind of got the best available Jay Crowder replacement in Ariza, who's you know not as good as Jay Crowder, but can do a do an impression. They get Oladipo, and 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 remembering also that all these guys I'm listing, they're getting basically for nothing. They didn't have to really give up anything for these guys, so they get Oladipo, who you know at his best is a all star two way player. At his worst is, I mean, there's what do you think is the chance that he's you know like the fourth best guard on this heat team i just remember in the finals when they didn't have Dragic, they were missing a lot of scoring a lot of ball handling and i feel like oladipo can at least be Dragic insurance for 20 minutes where he gets out there and scores like at a bare minimum and also at this point he's probably defensive upgrade over avery bradley so you upgraded that position for next to nothing yeah i mean it's a flyer right maybe he's yeah. better maybe he's worse you didn't give up anything so it's kind of worth a look um and and same thing for lamarcus you didn't have to give up anything you know he took back well he gave up a lot of money to come to you um and you you throw him in and maybe he gives you another 
offensive look makes you harder to defend. Also, just think that Oladipo is a great fit uh, in Miami. Seems like he's he's uh, he's gonna fit well in in that uh, Miami Heat, you know, mentality of uh, hard work, good defense, and uh, yeah, maybe. I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> have, have you seen Oladipo lately? The, the good version of the reports that have been. Yeah, yeah. The good version of Oladipo is a Heat guy. Um, this current version of Oladipo, and I think the real trouble is also that he still thinks he's the good version of Oladipo, and that sort of overinflated sense of self worth doesn't, you know, isn't going to go over well with with the Heat. Um, but if there's any place that's going to be able to get him in line, as you say, Nico, it's Heat culture. Um, you know, if if he goes to Spo and Pat Riley and says, you know, I was an All Star, I should be playing over Goran Dragic, they're just going to uh, go tell him to, you know, yeah. Go fuck himself and enjoy his fifteen minutes off the bench, uh, which which another team might not have the the stones to pull off. Yeah, that's that's why I'm hesitant about calling uh, Miami Heat the uh, winner of the uh, trade deadline. Like, it looks good. I mean, Victor Oladipo on paper is a perfect fit, but man, it can't so go wrong. And they still need a center. They're kind of small right now. Uh, other than Bam, uh, they have like. Um, Precious Achuva to play the center spot. Once they get Lamarcus, that's their yeah. that's their center, right? But Lamarcus is not some uh, player I would call a perfect uh, fit for Miami. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. I I think if Lamarcus is there to he can space the floor a little bit. Um, but if he's there mainly in case you have to go against Embiid, that feels like the right. You know, he's a big semi-mobile center. He's not really gonna bang down low as much anymore but he can take some of Embiid's physicality and use a few old man tricks on him and what's kind of been lost in this is Nemanja Bielitsa who replaces uh, Kelly Olenek as a more capable shooter who's had some big play in international ball so you're right they really are dependent on getting Aldridge to like to handle the 15 to 20 minutes without Bam or if Bam gets in foul trouble but it, I'm assuming you're adding all four of those guys to the bench. If you're adding Bielitsa, Oladipo, Aldrich, and Ariza to the bench for two second round picks, that's a pretty good good deal. Yeah, it's a great deal. One of those guys has, has to start, Nate. Now that they've traded Leonard and Olenek, all of those guys, who, who, who do you want out there? I, I, I was going with the starters of a, a little bit more small ball. You go Dragic, Hero, Robinson, Butler, and um, Bam. Maybe in the playoffs you go to that, but... You, you bring Oladipo off the bench? I think so. Hmm. Or, you know what? Now Miami actually has a surprising amount of depth because uh, the five yeah. guys, the starters, the four that just came in are also not mentioning none or Andre Iguodala. So, you know, they can go legit 11 deep of of actual real players. You know, do you remember the dark days earlier this season when they were playing Gabe Vincent, Max Struess? Yeah. <laughs> starting Precious. Hey, I will not tolerate any Max Struess slander. <laughs> I, I mean, he performed admirably, but like on a finals defense run, I don't think you want Max Struess as a starter. Chris <laughs> Silva was getting significant minutes at times, like Casey Acapala. Like, I don't know. I, I, you're right. It's still a lot of it does still depend on them getting Aldridge, which has not been guaranteed yet. You know, I'm, I'm actually considering with uh, Orlando Magic is the winner of the uh, trade deadline, kind of. Because they really needed uh, some, some fresh air in the room. 
and they've done a good job uh, dealing away their used parts, I feel. Yeah. Let's take a look at the Orlando side of things. So they traded Evan Fournier for Jeff Teague, basically just a filler, I guess, and, and some second round picks. Kind of cheap. As a, as a big fan of the of the process and blowing it up, um, I'm kind of happy for Orlando to finally do this. You're right, though. The price on Fournier was pretty low, but if that's all you can get and you're already committed to blowing it up, then you just, you know, you, you take what you can get. Right. Yeah, moving Vucevic, moving Gordon, moving Fournier, um, I'm definitely all in favor of. You know, there's nothing worse than perpetual mediocrity, um, which is what the Magic had with that roster and with those three guys. So even just making that decision to blow it up and to start rebuilding, I think is a win for them, regardless of what they got back. Can I ask a semi-silly question about what they got back? Yeah. So Orlando gets back uh, from from the multitude of their deals, three first-round picks, two second-round picks, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, uh, and a few other guys. Is that better or worse than what Houston got from all their hardened trades? 100, 100% better. Like At least they got some usable parts. Like RJ Hampton seems like a player who could blow up and, and become a really good player. So they actually have some players. Houston don't. So I feel like it's a much better dealing of their situation. That's what I was thinking. But maybe to comment a little bit more on this, we've just been joined by our favorite Chicago Bulls uh, correspondent, Angel. What do you feel like? Did Chicago give up too much for Vucevic? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, my, my first time on a podcast and uh, my first time talking to some of you guys. So what's up, guys? I want to first start off by I want to first start off by for letting get on here. It's a real privilege and a real treat. This is really awesome, and you've done an awesome job with this podcast. And the rest of you guys, you guys have been great. Um, I have to come clean here. Um, since December, I haven't watched much NBA, so huh. so it's probably gonna be me asking you guys to fill me in on what's been going on. Then you guys asking me opinions, but. Under the, on this Bulls trade, I want to first stop by saying I want to wish Wendell Carter Jr. out of Porter, uh, Mutt Sess in uh, Orlando. And I think they're going to be uh, awesome down there. I'm a huge fan of Cole Anthony, so that, you know, Cole Anthony is going to get involved. Wendell Carter Jr., you know, I forgot. I think he was drafted seventh overall by us. And uh, he just never blossomed to the player that we all thought that he would be. And that's that's a shame because you know he was supposed to be really special, and but you know with a lot of coaching changes, Boylan, Hoiberg, and uh, you know management changing, and it just it's hard to be consistent. You know, it's moving parts are always moving, and then like he had some injuries, and it was just very tough for Wendell. And I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that he's going to do really well. In, Orlando, Orlando should be really excited about him. Um, it just might just be like a change of scenery. It, it might be just you know being a different uh, team that's gonna just unleash him and unlock his game. So Orlando should be really excited about him. Otto Porter Jr. He's a very underrated player. I love Otto. Otto's the man. Yeah, I agree. It just that it just his contract. Even though the Bulls could have you know uh, ate his last year but you know again with him he has a couple of injury issues and you know the contract's one thing but you know that doesn't really mean much since it's only one more year and but it's good to free up that space our tourist has just done a great job our vice president been amazing like it's a great time to be a Bulls fan yeah Otto Porter Jr. is going to be good for them uh, once his, once he gets a new contract uh, a lot of this will be needing that kind of um, that kind of player who can uh, you know create for his own and I'm really excited for both of those guys. Yeah, like I said, I, 
I've been watching much NBA for you now since December, so I'm gonna need you guys to tune me in and fill me what's been going on. And uh, but again, thank you for having me on, and this is a lot of fun. Yeah, we're happy that you could join us. Well, I guess I guess I'll ask Nico and Dylan then. Who is more? Po- are, are either of you very positive on Chicago's return? And I'll let you give the the high side to Angel. If I'm just gonna chime in here, I think it's a winning move, um, and I'm so happy to see uh, Arturis get get getting uh, Zach Levine some help. Um, this is exactly what Chicago needed, in my opinion. I'm not sure it's enough to be like a, a top three favorite this season, but it's definitely a good move for them. Uh, makes them a, a lot more competitive. You know, it's sadly uh, getting rid of a guy like Wendell Carter, who seems like such a great talent. But like like uh, Angel said, seems like it just didn't really work out. And hopefully he'll he'll be a good guy in Orlando uh, alongside uh, Cole Anthony. I definitely think it elevates the Bulls into a, a different conversation, a different level. Um, and I think that level is you ch- stand a chance of making the second round, um, which isn't the best or the greatest levels, but Vu is an excellent passer. And then kind of an underrated thing is Chicago actually got a few good defenders bringing in Tice from Boston, uh, Al Farouk Aminu, and then already having Thad Young. They have a lot of those kind of fours that are good defenders, maybe a little bit of duplicity, but I don't know. I think, uh, I think if it breaks right and they don't see Brooklyn bought or they don't see Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, or uh, Philadelphia in the first round, they'll probably advance. I I would say those four are ahead of them. You know, Dylan, uh, I I guess you can burst our bubble and tell us why you hate this. (laughs) I'm kind of in two minds about this, right? And it all comes down to a, a, your choice of philosophy. Is it enough? I mean, this is this is really the end of the Bulls re- rebuild, right? They've they've moved now first round picks for a veteran All Star, and so that ceiling has now been applied to their team. Um, and is that ceiling a championship team? Probably not. Um, but after all all these years of struggle, is it enough to be? I mean, what's what's probably now a guaranteed playoff team, right? And a a contender for probably home court advantage next year. So from from that perspective, if if your goal is to be a playoff team and a really good team, potential top four. Um, you know, the offense is going to be awesome. Zach Levine, Vucevic, pick and pops is going to be, um, you know, deadly. Um, if, if that's your goal, then I think you've succeeded. And maybe somewhere along the way, you can you can swing a move to bring in um, that that third player that can really elevate you into that next tier. But the, the way that you normally do that is through the draft. And now they're out draft picks. I was a big fan of Kobe White. Um, his potential is looking more like a sixth man than the the starting point guard that I was seeing him as. So I, I, I both like and dislike this trade. It definitely makes them better. I think they're a contender for a top four seed next year and, and a potential, um, you know, could potentially go on a bit of a playoff run this year, but it does put a ceiling on, on what they can eventually become. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about getting Vukovic, and uh, I wonder how that's going to unlock Larry Markkinen because I hear a lot of articles saying that um, those two guys starting, you know, that won't work because of defensive issues. But you know, having Vukovic there, I think it might wake up Larry to you know reach that next level because Larry is, I mean, when he plays, 
he's really good and he's he's you know he's been putting up numbers but it's just the injuries but I think having Vukovic there as a mentor and someone that can help develop marketing to get to that next level and that's gonna be really interesting to see um, I know the Bulls were trying to uh, deal them in the in a before the trade deadline but uh, they weren't successful and I I, I, I'm a huge fan of Laurie, huge fan of Kobe White, and seeing those guys and trade, you know, it just really, uh, you know, really breaks my heart. <laughs> uh, I like, like Dylan said, I had a very high expectations for Kobe White, and the thing that I, I don't know if you guys have been seeing it, but it feels like Donovan is trying to mold Kobe White to a player that he's not. Kobe White is a scoring first kind of player, and Donovan, I mean, not. Uh, yeah, Donovan, uh, our coach, he he wants him to uh, be more of a traditional point guard, and because of that, Kobe White has been very, very passive this season, and now it's led him to be on the bench. And it just, it, for me, that's break heartbreaking. It's it's kind of since Kobe White is like probably my favorite player. I'm a, I'm a uh, North Carolina. Tar Heels fan for college basketball and so I'm a huge Kobe White fan because of that reason and and to see Donovan uh, trying to force Kobe White to certain mold like it's making me dislike Donovan our coach I know I know I know he's a really good coach and you know he took the Thunder to the playoffs when they literally had garbage talent that he took them he took those teams to the playoffs and I know like his resume is impressive and all that but I don't know when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to Kobe White it just it, it, you know it, it upsets me and, and it kind of makes sense that Kobe White goes on a different so he can be who he is and he can be a scoring first kind of player for that whatever new team but you know at the same time it, it's upsetting I don't know if you guys remember but Kobe White didn't want to be a bull. Um, the Bulls were trying to get, um, I think they were trying to get Garland. I think the Cavs were in front of the Bulls and Bulls were trying to get Garland and Kobe White thought he was going to the Phoenix Suns and, and he landed it with us and he obviously didn't seem that excited and I don't blame him because of the situation that we have here and, and so it's it seemed like from the very, very start something that was never meant to be. But, you know, it sucks that now the ceiling for Kobe White, because of Billy Donovan, you know, now the ceiling is that he's going to be only a six man. That really, you know, pisses me off that, you know, that that's a new ceiling. And during his college days, I always thought that he was better than John. And I was like, yeah, this Kobe White guy is going to be way better than this John Morant guy. And John Morant, he's proven, he's proven me wrong. Like, uh, kudos to him. And, uh, and I'll admit it, you know, John Morant is pretty awesome and everything like that. And, but you know, it kind of it kind of sucks seeing John Morant having a lot of success and Kobe White so much. So that's my kind of take on that. And but yeah, as like I said, I'm excited to have Vukovic and it's gonna be awesome. And uh, we're definitely gonna have a good chance to be in the playoffs. I don't know what our record is. Uh, if you guys can fill me in, what's the Bulls' record? Sub five hundred. They're tenth right now uh, with the uh, um, nineteen wins behind Indiana, Miami, Boston. At 21 and 22 wins at the moment, uh, so they're outside looking in. Yeah, but they they could easily like the the fourth uh, seed right now is Charlotte Hornets with 23 wins, so they're oh, only like okay, okay, so like four four or five games behind. Most of you guys, I'm not a big Zach Levine fan, but 
I have my own Bulls group in Facebook, and I kind of hear from them, like, Zach Levine is doing really good, and they're on my case for saying, like, oh, he's stupid for wanting to get rid of Zach Levine. And, I mean, yeah, he's really good, but he's like a, he's not a, he's not a franchise player. He's not going to be like a Kawhi. He's not going to be, uh, you know, these, like, number, like, stuff on Curry. No, he's going to be like, at, at a, on a, in a very good team, Zach Levine would be like a third eye, realistic. And Bulls fans don't see that and they think, oh my God, he's the best, he's the best. Like, guys, shut up. <laughs> I've heard that the defense has been improving. You know, he's been averaging 28. So who knows? He probably has improved. And I just, you know, like I said, I've been watching Bulls basketball for a couple months now. So, but yeah, it's exciting time to be a Bulls fan because of our uh, front office. And Patrick Williams, yeah, he's a very, very good rookie. I I kind of see the trajectory that uh, Jalen Brown uh, went through. Uh, so I kind of see that, and I and I look at Patrick Williams, and I see like, hey, you know, I'm willing to give this kid some time, and he can develop to a Jalen Brown or like a Luol Deng. And I'm pretty excited for Patrick Williams' future. He's very, very smart, very confident. Um, you can't say Luol Deng around me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. The Lakers are still paying him, and that's I gotta jump in because oof, nightmares. Yeah, I think I'm in line with with uh, with with us actually, because I don't think anyone on this part is super high on exactly mean to be honest. And um, and I've I've been I've been uh, praising Patrick Williams a lot. Uh, I think uh, he looks like a, a young Kawhi kind of. Um, so I'm also very happy about Patrick Williams, uh, but I'm. He's going to play fewer minutes now. I think it's an excellent take because uh, where, where you said that Levine's probably a, on a good team, a third option. I think Vucevic on a good team is probably a second option. Right. And Chicago's still kind of missing that first option. Yep, yep. They, they, they still need that one player. And I would love to have Jalen, you know, I would definitely do a uh, swap of Zach Levine or Jalen Brown. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we're still missing that one player. But who knows what with Vukovic and Levine and the rest of the guys, we, we show a lot of competitiveness in the, in the, in the first round of playoffs. If we do make it, I think we can entice some big uh, free agent name over to Chicago. It just depends how you know, everyone works together over these next couple of games. It's an exciting time for sure. I, let me let me ask. This is kind of a different direction. As you guys know, I'm a big Mike Mike Conley fan. Uh, Mike Mike Conley fan. And how's he doing? How I mean, he made his first All Star appearance. Like, is he having a great year this year? Or yeah, I mean, when we when we picked our All Star team, I think I had him as one of my guys. So he's definitely been yeah. He's definitely been impactful on on the best team in the league. Um, if you look at a lot of the on-off numbers and and the that that sort of data, it's really says that Conley's the one who's driving their their excellent offense even more so than than Donovan Mitchell. Um, so he's for sure flourishing down in I guess down o- over in Utah. <laughs> yeah, that makes me really happy as a fan. It's about time that he makes it to uh, he makes it to the All Star game. Like it's overdue, and you know I'll. You know, I I don't I I only root for the Bulls, but let's say the Bulls are in the playoffs, I'm definitely going to be rooting for uh, Utah to make a strong push. 
definitely. You could have a West Coast team. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, before it was the Grizzlies because mine was there, and I, and I still like the Grizzlies. But John Moran's there, and uh, I just, I, I, I can't. That doesn't can't do well it. With, so Bad I memories. Guess, so I guess I'm, follow, I'm gonna be following Mike wherever he goes. So I guess it's the Jazz. The Jazz are my team now. <laughs> He's really figured out the Rudy Gobert lobs of like, okay. you know, last year. He he couldn't throw a lob to Gobert to save his life. He was just playing with Gasol, so a lot of bounce passes through traffic. And Gobert's like, nah, I'm seven foot two, seven foot four, right. whatever <laughs> he is, with these stretchy arms. And now Conley's just throwing these dimes up to the ceiling, and Gobert just jumps up and brings him down. So he's looking real nice there. It was his first year with the Jazz, and you know, after being your whole career with the Grizzlies, you know, it takes some time to adjust. And I'm really glad that this year uh, things are coming together for him. And I was getting a little worried. I thought it was going to be the start of the downhill trend for no, it was just yeah, a little bump. And now the second year is doing really well. So that makes me happy to hear. And yeah, I I, I have been staying up updated with the trade stuff. I heard the Clippers got rid of Lou, Lou Williams and they got Rondo. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, okay. And that, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, Rondo, playoff Rondo is going to be very, very impactful. And it's going to be tr- interesting how that works out in playoffs. And um, Kawhi Leonard would, would probably be my favorite superstar in the league. So I'm um, definitely rooting for those guys as well. Uh, Kawhi to um, make it to the finals again or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. As a Lakers fan, I'm going to disagree. That's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> the Lakers making it to the finals will be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, are you worried about being out for so long? I'm freaking terrified. <laughs> Do you think it's possible with those guys that they can drop to the eighth, ninth seed or the yeah. eighth? Is it, is it possible? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. It's really possible. And to kind of recenter us on some of the trades we've been discussing, um, Dallas brought in Redick and Nico Melli. And I feel like getting more shooting around Luka, if they stay in that 7 to 10 range, which they'll probably move up if the Lakers fall down. But between Dallas and Golden State being in that range, I've got a lot of fears because all it takes is one hot shooting night. And the Lakers could be eliminated, and that going from championship to out in the play-in is a uh, is a real scary prospect for me. And what what's the news saying? How long is AD going to be out, and how long will LeBron be out? LeBron, uh, four to six weeks from his injury. AD was reevaluated last week, and they still say he's got uh, another like two weeks or so before he's reevaluated. So yeah, it's it's definitely some scary times for sure. I mean, if, if they went on a losing streak, uh, if they lost like four or five games in a row, they could be like ninth already. So it's very close uh, in, in, in the universe. And I, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys have like discussed this yet. What's wrong with Tatum like in the Celtics? Like, like I, Tatum is probably my favorite my favorite guy in the East, and I'm a huge Tatum fan. Like, a, I'm big on Tatum, and like, what's going down over there? Like, what's the issue? What's what's not working? Um, they don't have anybody that can move the ball, and that's just kind of my take. Like, Tatum does gets his, Brown gets his, Kemba's been really bad, and seems to like yeah. want to score every time he gets back. Uh, Marcus Smart, just <laughs> you know, Boston's favorite. Uh, has been in and out of the lineup, and you know he tries to shoot too much, so hasn't really done much. Uh, they did bring in Fournier, who 
at the price of two second round picks is a great pickup. Um, I worry that it gives Boston some flashbacks to the uh, FIBA 2019 World Cup where he eliminated the four Celtics playing for Team USA. Mm-hmm. Did, did any of you guys think of that? Like, as soon as they traded for him, I was like, oh man, the Celtics sent Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Walker all to the all to FIBA that year. Now they have to stare at this guy. He's just maybe, I picture him smoking a French <laughs> cigarette and being like, uh huh. I eliminated you in the FIBA World Cup. <laughs> On the yeah. sidelines, sipping his macchiato. Just twirling his mustache. <laughs> he has a mustache. And he's a savage. Like His first tweet after getting traded was, Hello, Boston fans. If you don't know me, try Googling my name. <laughs> and for don't do that. <laughs> yeah, for, for all of our listeners, don't Google his last name. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty nasty. But yeah, I think for Boston, the big problem well, is think- just they've got four good players and they can't get more than like two of them healthy at the same time. That's, mm. that's really the issue. That's been the issue all season. Um, but going forward, I, I kind of want to split up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I feel like they kind of do the same thing. Um, and I, I, I just want to see Jalen Brown uh, be the number one guy on the team. On the ball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, you put together a package around Kobe no. White. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he wants him on the Bulls, but he doesn't want to give anything up. <laughs> nah, I, let's let's give up exactly, you know, exactly <laughs> and someone else, but not Kobe White. Kobe White stays. <laughs> uh, Nico, where would you put him if, if you could? Where's the split? I, I know this sounds so weird, but I really like, um, I, I, I would really like to see uh, Jalen Brown on the Lagos. Yeah, because I, I, I just think, I know that's a sacrilege, but I just really like his. Uh, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I, I think his game kind of reminds me of Kobe Bryant. He's got that defensive uh, presence, um, and his game reminds me a bit of him, like all those fadeaways and he's attacking the basket uh, so well. I really want to see him on on, on the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> I would put money down that you were going to say San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he's he would he would fit well there. But I mean, he he could fit any team. He's just such a good player, great defensive player, and and he's developed a very good offensive game as well. Um, he'd be a fit on it, a good fit on every team. Dylan, if you would, are are you pro splitting up Tatum and Brown? As as a guy who wants um the historically good teams to be good. I think the NBA is more interesting when when the good teams are good, um, like the Celtics, like the Lakers, like the Bulls. Um, no, I don't want them split up. They got their own little um, Kawhi and PG down there in Boston, so I, I want those two to, together. Um, and as you're saying, Nico, about wanting Jalen to be the number one guy, um, I think as they continue to develop and continue to um, play together, I think there's a good chance that. Jalen eventually passes over Tatum and becomes that guy. Imagine Jalen Brown with John Morant in in Memphis. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Jalen is that he fits everywhere, right? Yeah, for sure. I believe we've run through just about every trade uh, this deadline. I just wanted to say that I feel cheated because, you know, I I said on on last week's part that I would love to see Nicolo Melli on on the the Dallas Mavericks. But that, that was only... Uh, in terms of filling the trade block to get Lonzo Ball. And now we got JJ Redick. <laughs> I really want Lonzo Ball. But I guess we can settle with JJ Redick. <laughs> I do like that acquisition. Just getting more shooting around Luca. Uh, and they didn't really give up much. So, no, I will do. And James Johnson, who they barely played anyway. So, 
great, great trade in my opinion. Uh, exactly what they need, actually. So that's great. You don't want to spend a quick um, 10 to 15 minutes on Kevin Galley to the Kings for cash? <laughs> Sorry, Kevin Galley and cash to the Kings for um, exchange of fake second round picks? <laughs> uh, that, uh, I, I don't know how many listeners would be interested in that, <laughs> that deadline detail. I don't know if any uh, many listeners actually know Kevin Jelly. <laughs> so yeah, what what should uh, viewers be be looking for the next time Kevin Jelly plays? Um, <laughs> if, well, the Kings waived him, so he may not play again. So they should just just be looking to see if he does play. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, there actually are a lot of guys getting bought out. Uh, we already kind of said Aldridge is most likely going to um, most likely going into Miami, but we still have of Andre Drummond in the mix. Right, there's three big ones. Uh, Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, right? Yeah. Any uh, any hot takes or any uh, strong beliefs and feelings on where Drummond will end up? Probably Boston because they salary dumped their starting center. Yeah, but I would hate it. <laughs> no, let, let's get uh, Drummond to Charlotte. They have surprised everyone this season, and Man, he would be fun in Charlotte, catching laps from uh, Lamelo. I hate to say, it, but I also think he's going east. Uh, my pick would be the Knicks because the Knicks actually have money that they could offer him. Right. And Drum, from all accounts, sounds pretty concerned about how much he's going to make. So you know, five mil is five mil. I think he'd be concerned about what he's going to make next year. And the best way to get money for the off season is to play well on a good team. Um, I think there's a lot more visibility starting for the Celtics as a potential, you know, second round team than being the third best center on the Knicks. That's true. I, I would have said LA, but without LeBron, he's not going to get maximized. So he put out a list. Uh, he said he wanted to go to either Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, uh, Charlotte Hornets, and I think uh, Los Angeles Lakers as well. And and none of those teams were interested in him, so he's now a free agent. <laughs> we'll have to see where he goes. What's the scoop on Drummond? The second that he hits free agency, why is he no, nobody like picking him up? Like, what's the what's the problem with him? Oh, he 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 sucks. <laughs> he's no longer the, he, no no. He's a pretty bad NBA player. I think he's probably the most overrated player by um, uh, casual NBA fans. The last time I remember, he was averaging like what fourteen rebounds per game or something like that. That's that's part of the problem. Is that he fights hard for his own team's defensive rebounds. So he's not like adding value by getting offensive rebounds. He's getting a lot of a lot of defensive rebounds that when you take them off the floor, his team just grabs them e- easily because they're all right there. Uh, a- and then offensively, he's not providing anything. He's kind of trying to work a stretch game that doesn't turn him into a lob threat. Yeah, he's he's just lost a lot of athleticism and he can't. he's got no touch and he can't finish at the rim. He shoots below 50% as a theoretically rim-running center. So he's got no touch on offense, puts up rebounding numbers, but his team doesn't get any better at rebounding. Just going through his on-off stats over his career, a lot of times actually get worse at defensive rebounding when he's on. Um, so you can't say he's a big ad there. And then he's slow and immobile and not that smart on defense. So um, I think he's, he's probably the most overrated player in the NBA. He's just trying too much. He's, he's, he's always trying to be a, a playmaker and uh, dribble the ball around and making silly uh, mid-range things. But, you know, actually, I think if he played with James Harden, that could unlock some abilities. Like, if he was if he was just playing more like Clint Capella, I think he could be great for, for 
for a team like Brooklyn or even uh, LA. Well, Harden's going to prove that he can make any big great. Mm. He got uh, Elise Johnson, like 25 points it's the other night. And then the next night, Elise Johnson catches the coach's decision. Yeah. MP, so, you know. Nick Claxton's looking like an all-star every every minute yeah. he plays with Harden. Yeah, yeah. Claxton throwing out some great dunks. Even Griffin's dunking again. And for uh, Kevin Durant, is he out? That is the question my fantasy basketball team has been asking <laughs> all year long. Oh, oh no. Because I, I know, I know, you know, I've been staying up with like Twitter stuff and you know, watching the highlight stats, but like I haven't heard much about Kevin Durant, so I figured that he's injured. But uh, I don't know. I forgot when he got injured. Was it back in December? Yeah, he's been out for a little while, but Harden's kind of been holding it down in his in his absence. Um, Curry's played a little bit, but Curry's missing time as always. Um, so it's really been you know Harden forty twelve and twelve nights um, to carry the nets and. That's why Hot Take, I think he's the MVP again this year. He thinks he's the MVP too. Uh, he was just yeah. asked about that at the press conference uh, of does he belong in the MVP conversation, and he said he is the MVP. Yeah, it's been great. Without knowing anything, uh, I, I think Nikola Djokic is uh, he's the MVP. <laughs> he's been he's been doing really good. He's the other guy. Yeah, um, he's probably the favorite. They're not going to give it to Harden because he wanted to be traded after his owner ruined his team. Right, right. I feel like if it wasn't for Houston Rockets and and their bad handling of uh, James Harden, I feel like James Harden could be the clear favorite for MVP this season. Um, and I mean, James Harden also handled the situation like a fucking idiot, but uh, but he's been he's been the clear best player in the league the past two months or so. Uh, it's been amazing. It's almost arguable that it, with Kyrie missing games and with Durant being out, the Nets have a worse team around Harden than he played with in Houston. 100%. Yeah. At least when he was in Houston, Christian Wood was healthy and John Wall was not skipping games. So there's an argument. Yeah, there's there's a, a heavy load on his back and he's just carrying them at the moment. So what are they, the second best? Are they still number one in the East? Uh, no, there's there's second. Philadelphia has been holding strong even with the Embiid injury. Yeah, a game and a half ahead. Wait, Philadelphia is number one. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Well, how about where's the Bucks at? Three. You'll never guess who's fourth. Uh, the Pacers. It is Lamelo Ball's Charlotte Hornets. Oh wow, that's that's yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah. That just that that just shows how how I'm out of tune with the NBA at the moment. But, wow, that's interesting. Come on, Angel, let, let me hear you. Who's the fifth best team in the East? Then you've you've got to come out of totally left field for this. So don't choose someone who you actually think is fifth. Just just find a team who you wouldn't expect and just throw them out there. An East team, who's in fifth? Give it to us. If it helps you at all, two of the three of us don't believe they're actually going to make the playoffs at this point. Um, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> it makes more sense but new york yeah oh yeah i i should have said that because i i know that those guys have been doing good uh Phillips is doing a good job out there in new york and you know derrick rose uh quickly and all those guys uh randall's been amazing like that they really got a good team out there yeah they've definitely ex- exceeded expectations maybe you should watch some more new york knicks games since uh both uh Derek Rose and uh, tips us out there. So. Yeah, you'll be treated to a lot of ISO Alec Burke. If there's anything I hate worse than watching ISO Carmelo Anthony at this point, it's ISO Alec Burke. <laughs> I think we've got a fun way to wrap here, Angel. It's maybe a month or two ago. 
we all drafted our top five players for a NBA dodgeball game. Can you give us, you get to pick any any players, who would you take for a dodgeball game of NBA players? You gotta give us five. Five-man starting lineup of, of a dodgeball game. Does it matter if I have all five centers? Doesn't matter, like, or do I have to have... No, you, you, you can have five point guards, five centers. It, it's, it's not a basketball game. It's just a dodgeball game. Just okay, five guys that you want to... Win a dodgeball game. Wow, you guys put me spot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would just probably go with high IQ guys. Yeah. So, uh, guys that come off the top of my head is, you know, Chris Paul. Uh, I would definitely have LeBron James. I think he's a must. Yeah, I have both those guys. Good picks. Who's another smart guy that we got? Nikola Jokic. You know, he's a, he's a very, very high IQ guy. So, you know, we got three right there. He's got a bullet. Uh, I would get DeMarc. I don't know if DeMarcus Cousins is still on a roster or not, but just like he's a bully, just like this very like scary kind of looking guy. That's a good pick. That's a good at, pick. At this point, he might be a bit of dodgeball player than a basketball player. <laughs> we just found that one thing that made a dodgeball player valuable was you had to be okay hitting a small child in the face with a ball. So Cousins is great for that. Yeah, cousins will throw with no mercy. And then we want to get like a speed guy on the team. Uh, let's get a let's get a quick guy. A name that comes in mind. Uh, well, he used to be the quickest NBA player. I don't know about now, but John Wall. You know, he's pretty fast. He's very. Another very good pick. I think I think I had him too. I thought Miko picked Wall. No, I had him. I had John. Oh, Wall. you you had him. Yeah, yeah. He's also got <laughs> yeah. good hands. He can steal the ball, catch it. You know, get players out that way. Yeah, he's a he's a. Good passer. That would be my quick guy right there. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's five right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. notable misses would be uh, maybe to replace the Marcus Cousins, maybe uh, Stephen Adams. You know, he, he's a very uh, mean, like bully kind of player. So like maybe replacing if if there was like a six band, you know, I would get uh, Stephen Adams. I like it. Yeah, we put you on the spot and you still picked a better team than Nico, who had <laughs> hours and hours of preparation. <laughs> Don't play it in Denmark. Americans and your stupid ball games. <laughs> no, but a uh, wholesome question here. How, how have you guys been? You know, how's your guys' life? How have you guys been holding up with this pandemic? I got married, so oh, congrats. Yeah, Nate's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got married, working on the house. I got a dog, so I go for long walks now. My life's pretty good. I like it. I both got married, got a house, and also uh, uh, got a little baby girl. So um, oh, I have plenty to, plenty to do. <laughs> Definitely. But I, I'm, I miss uh, going out. I miss, miss a good, uh, nice beer out with the, with the boys. Haven't seen my guys for like six months or so. Damn. Yeah. Man, I was... I was... Huh? <laughs> right here, you can see us right now. <laughs> this is what I have real to... friends, Nate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this, this is what I'm settling with. I was feeling really bad about myself as those guys explaining that they're getting married, getting houses, <laughs> getting babies and dogs. But then I remembered that, like, um, I've 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 been to bars and I've been to live sports games with you know. 
tens of thousands of people. So um, comparatively, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Hey, that, I, I forgot you. I forgot you basically didn't have uh, Corona anymore. Angel, how have you been? Uh, I've been good. Um, uh, I think February first, like almost a, like a month and a half, I uh, I got hired by Mississippi State football, and you know I'm their one of their recruiting designers and. You know, it's been a lot of fun, and moving from Illinois uh, to Mississippi is definitely uh, very, very different. And where I live is kind of like a small town, like of twenty-five thousand. So uh, it's definitely took some time to adjust. But you know, the weather out here is really great. You know, I can't complain. And but you know, I'm just really happy that you guys are doing well, and and uh, that makes me really happy that you guys are doing awesome. That's good. I mean, the fact that we all know each other is really in large part thanks to you. So we do want to thank you. And we also would like to give you a chance to plug uh, anything you're working on or any of your groups. You know, probably most of our listeners come from there. But I, w- I wanted to say um, bef- before we um, head out, I just wanted to um, talk a little bit about um, one, of, one of the groups that you run. You, you run a Chicago Bulls page and they've actually, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they've had some recognition by the team. And, and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so do you want to tell us a little bit about your about your Bulls page and um, the recognition that you've got for the actual team? Definitely. So uh, it, uh, it all started last season, or maybe uh, two seasons ago when there was no, uh, there was no uh, pandemic going on. Um, so I got like a uh, admin team. Well, it's a mix of admins and moderators uh, that uh, that help me with the group. Um, so I, large credit to them. Uh, I have an admin that has been with me from like the very start of the group. Um, and the Bulls contacted him. Uh, so they contacted him. And, and from there on, you know, the Bulls been hooking us up. They've been... Uh, taking us to games and they've been sending us free merch and they uh you know they give us like a like before a game started one of the games that we got to go uh they they took us to the court so we got to be on the court like before the game started you know uh those guys have just been really really uh great to us and they've been loving us and you know sometimes they give tell players to give the group a shout out and it's really cool and as of recently they uh the actual facebook page of the chicago bulls they joined the group so that that was really cool and so they're very in much contact with us more more so with that specific admin that they first contact with so they're having most communications with him um he's been doing a really good job um you know kind of like making sure the group is intact and his name is jared by the way jared and he's been doing an amazing job you know i've been like i said i've i haven't been watching a lot of basketball lately and and he's been um taking over the group and he's been awesome so the bulls connection is all credit to him hey hey hey, don't don't be too humble now (laughs) but uh yeah yeah it's been awesome you know uh it's a great relationship that we have with the bulls and it's something that we want to continue to continue uh, growing, and yeah, it's great. What is the group called? But for anyone that's listening that might want to check out the Bulls, it's called Chai C H I Bulls for Life. I, I think if we just put like Chicago Bulls, like in, the, and then you go through categories and you select groups, it, it should be like one of the top three options because it's like 
we we have uh, only 13k it's that we had another group but that group was hacked back in 2013 we had an admin and at that time the 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 power that admin had you could overtake the group and like so that was hacked and that was on its way to like 20 plus 30 plus thousand members so that got hacked so we had to start all over and uh, we started over like a couple months after that we only have uh 14,000 13,000 but it's a really really awesome group and you know we have live chats uh some of the admins they go uh do uh live facebook videos and it's just a great great time that we have there and yeah it for again it's called chai bulls for life so like the abbreviation of chicago uh, so chai bulls for life hey, it's about it's about quality over quantity and obviously you guys are doing a, a great job um so shout sure. out to Appreciate to it. jared and yourself as the officially recognized leaders of bulls fans worldwide yeah it's a real uh honor it's a real treat to have the bulls you know recognizing us and you know uh them supporting us and taking us to games like uh thank you to those guys those guys are awesome yeah so angel do you have to be a Bulls fan to join the <laughs> group because i'm I, i'm I'm, uh, I'm sitting here applying to the group <laughs> and i can't really answer the questions <laughs> <laughs> What is Kirk Heinrich's points per game for his career as a bull? Is, is that the entry question? <laughs> It's asking how long I've been a Bulls fan. <laughs> so. About about 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, try the group. I'll, I'll, I'll squeeze you in there. Just pretend to be a diehard Bulls and never find. But uh, no, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys in there. And... So just apply it to a group. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably see it. And... Yeah, as long as you put like well thought or like you know, I think anyone's gonna any of the admins are gonna accept you. So, so um, you, you, uh, your question about how long I've been a Bulls fan? Uh, he probably shouldn't have written twenty five seconds. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I said this since you got uh, Satoransky. So, hey, shout out Thomas. Yeah, awesome. It, it, like I like I said earlier, it was a real treat and honor to be on here. And Nathan and you guys have been doing a great job with this podcast awesome well thank you so much for joining in us today thanks to everyone for listening this has been another episode of the hoops temple podcast yeah so it was really nice talking to you guys have a great day or a great night you too. catch you later man yeah.